Hello, everyone, and welcome to another uh, episode of the Rowdy Buddhist Podcast. I really want to, first of all, thank everyone who listens to this podcast and actually contributes as well, our sponsors that um, contribute monthly uh, to help support this. Uh, it's a lot of encouragement to know that even our my last um, podcast got 150 listens already. So uh, it's really um encouraging to know that hopefully uh, the information that I'm sharing with you is helpful in your practice and study. Uh, and so that's what encourages me and, and gives me the energy uh, behind what I'm doing. So today I really wanted to share with you um, something that I was discussing with recently. And actually some people had said they have never heard of it. So I really wanted to share this because this is something that in our daily life uh, with the people around us, who we are uh, in communication with, who we listen to, who we study and practice with, makes a big difference on who we are. And actually, we know now that uh, when people are close, we, we, we didn't know this before, that we're actually exchanging genetic information. Uh, that, that shows that the people that you, are, you surround yourself with have a huge, uh, not only mental or spiritual or emotional impact, but actually a physiological impact, which is amazing to think about that we're coding or discussing or that, you know, influencing each other's DNA. Um, so you can see why this is such an important aspect. But of course, the Buddha brings it up as one of the most important things that we need to pay attention if we wish to rid ourselves of samsara and move towards the other shore of enlightenment or uh, paramita. So therefore, that is the essential good spiritual friend. And, and I'm taking this from uh, Grandmaster Tiantai's uh, Makashikan. And these are essential parts that what Master Tiantai is teaching us in order to have a good practice, a good meditation, a good uh, spiritual study. Uh, you can't just simply do the coursework you have to look at a holistic view that even though you are engaging in meditation every day, you know, the, the purpose of meditation is the, the form of meditation is not the purpose. The purpose is to liberate uh, yourself and others from suffering. As we see in chapter 16, again, the Buddha says to help people attain enlightenment as quickly as possible to attain the full enlightenment. That's the purpose of the Buddha's message. That's the purpose of the Buddha's practice, not just for the practice or uh, path itself, but for the actual goal. And in doing that, one of the critical points uh, that he brings up is the idea of good spiritual friends. And this is uh, stated as Kalana Mitra. And he states a uh, quote. He says, is a great cause and condition for advancing on the path. Such a person converts and guides you and leads you to attain the insight of the Buddha. And it's interesting because we realize that all the causes and conditions around us, and at least, at least we hope we do, are what allows us to move towards this attaining of the insight of the Buddha. But a lot of times we only focus on one thing, uh, we may think of just our practice, but actually that practice is supposed to awaken you, awareness, through awareness, 
to see all the other aspects of your life that have influence on you and that you have the ability to change or um, repair or regulate in order to move closer to your goal. So that's why some people may be listening to this and go, you know, I've been practicing meditation for the longest time. Uh, and I don't know if I, I, I don't know what has changed. It can be very difficult. That's also why you need a teacher. But we'll go into this because a teacher is one of the great spiritual friends that we have. Now, it states here um, in in this uh, particular translation, and, and Dr. Swanson says that, you know, Master Tiantai uh, GD doesn't say where this quote actually comes from, but actually he states that even though he doesn't identify it as such, the, the entire phrase that I just read you is verbatim from the text uh, from the last to the uh, last next to the last chapter of the Lotus Sutra. And they call it the former affairs of King Fine Adornment. So that would be, uh, uh, so when we think of the last chapters of the Lotus Sutra, they are the examples of how Bodhisattvas, through their own practice, can show us how to implement study and teaching into our life. And this is the full reading of it. It is, um, if a good man or a good woman, in order to plant wholesome roots in age after age, gains a good friend, that good friend can do the Buddha's business, demonstrating, teaching, profiting, delighting, and causing entry into Anantara Samyak Sambodhi. Sambodhi. Uh, o great king, let it be known that a great friend is a great cause and condition. This means he converts and guides, makes possible the vision of a Buddha and the opening up of the thoughts to Anatara Samyak Sambodhi. So it's very fascinating that, of course, this relates back to the Lotus Sutra. And again, that is chapter 27, the former affairs, affairs of King Wonderful Adornment. And this you can read in your sutra to get an understanding. But sometimes when we read it, we, we tend to overlook it. We say, yeah, a good friend is important. But what Master Tiantai is really directing us towards is how important it is. And it's fascinating because when they actually have an example of Ananda, who is the Buddha's cousin and also a brilliant person who could memorize the scriptures, you know, Ananda said, it is like in the past when Ananda said to the Buddha, world honored one, a good friend helps you to attain the path and is half the cause and condition, half the cause and condition. The Buddha said, no, a good friend is the complete cause and condition for you to attain the path. And we can see in that how essential this idea of a good spiritual friend is, because without it, it seems as if we are unable to gain the insight of the Buddha. And one of the words that's very fascinating, the idea of such a person converts and guides you. That means that perhaps, and again, this is the, the, the exemplar of the Bodhisattva, the one who breaks or challenges your suffering or ignorance, or maybe even gives you hope that allows you, and then gives you an example, guides you. That means also going with you, walking the path with you, leads you to attain the insight of the Buddha. 
And as we can see that even Ananda, he didn't realize how essential this is of the idea of a good friend because he only said it's half the cause and conditions. But the Buddha said, no, it's actually the full cause, full condition that is necessary. And they go on to explain that there are three types or three kinds of good spiritual friends. The first is an external guardian. The second is a fellow practitioner. And the third is a teacher. So let's go through each one of them specifically. So the first one being an external guardian. The external guardian provides external protection. Why would this be important? Because actually when we're practicing Buddhism, we are vulnerable. That's one of the fears that, that we keep up in our mind is that we never have a place where we can become vulnerable to understanding our authentic self. When I say vulnerable, that doesn't mean just telling all of your uh, deepest secrets. What it means is giving up your uh, perceived self, your ego, that in some people believe that that is what is sustaining their life, that they bet their entire belief, their entire spirituality, everything on a uh, kind of a, a an empty smoke pipe uh, vaporous type image that doesn't exist and then of course we find out later in life when we're about to die we can't hold on to it and it does it's not there so we hopefully as Buddhists try to find out beforehand that what we invest in what we perceive as reality through the insight of the Buddha will assist us in overcoming that suffering of ignorance. If you are deep in the mountains or an isolated locale, you can get no assistance, no any provi uh, provisional protection with regard to mundane needs. Now, mundane needs would be the idea of food, the idea of support, uh, that would be uh, food, medicine, etc. But if you cultivate the first three kinds of samadhi in a monastery or village temple, you must depend on special help. A good friend who provides external protection does not discriminate between good and bad uh, practitioners. So this is interesting because what is this basically talking about? It's talking about the idea of a Sangha. That everyone needs to be part of a Sangha. So in Nichirenshu, uh, even though Nichirenshu priests are not uh, cloistered monks or nuns, uh, what, they, what they do rely on is of course, the Sangha. So when we do uh, austere training, such as Dai Aragyo, the 100-day ascetic training that we do in Nichirenshu during the uh, winter time, from November until February, you really must rely on others. And that is a really humbling, uh, interesting part of Buddhism. And, and, and that's why the third jewel is the Sangha. Because what it's saying is that you know, even those monks and that that believe that can attain enlightenment by themselves, you know, those uh, Pratakhi Buddhas, uh, we would see them as guru type people. They, um, they need others. They take offerings from people just like everyone else. Um, they rely on, of course, plants, animals, the places where they stay, the environment, etc. That one realizes the interdependent nature of things and that they protect the practitioner so that they can be able to gain the insight to share so that they in return can become a good friend. 
that's why this, it's really imperative that it's a dual relationship with the Sangha, even though it may look like the, why do these people not do any useful work besides sitting and doing meditation? But they are doing useful work. And that's why uh, in Buddhist countries you'll see that most of the temples are handled exclusively by the laity, uh, the cooking, the organization, etc. Uh, so that they believe that the monk or nun can attain enlightenment and then be able to share that information, like it said, to convert and guide them. Uh, but it's interesting, it said specifically that they don't, because those people, even external guardian, a good friend, doesn't mean they can judge. So that's why it doesn't say that you judge between good and evil, good and bad. What you're saying is that you still support the practitioner. Uh, it's interesting because that could become, and we see it happen, where people are judging uh, practitioners as to, of course, whether they agree with how the practitioner is practicing or not. But actually it says we shouldn't do that as a good friend. We should just be able to be an external. If we can be an external guardian to practitioners, we should. But simply, they simply manage what is necessary, not seeing the practitioner's faults, nor touching on their afflictions, nor praising them, nor in any of their actions bothering their practice. Wow, it's it's really fascinating because that is a really humbled uh, type behavior that you know a lot of people would like, you know, I'm doing this for you. Uh, this is what I expect. And then, of course, because somebody gives or takes, there's, there can be judgment, right? Uh, however, this is what the Buddha is being uh, very specific about. Uh, Master Tanta is being specific about stating that the, the guardians should bring about regularity and harmony. And as a mother nurtures her child and tiger her cub. A person who has practiced the path since old times is able to do this well. This is called a good friend who provides external protection. This could be a place to practice. Again, this is somebody who supports your practice and protects you. Very fascinating because, again, not too many people that in your, if you were to, and Master Tentai talks about this, have to stop in order to go into deep depths of meditation. You had to actually stop your mundane or worldly interactions. So, therefore, you wouldn't be able to answer the cell phone or take care of your bank account. Somebody had to do that. Uh, in order to help practitioners. So that's why that's the idea of external protection. The second is a fellow practitioner. So when we practice the idea of samadhi, of following one's thoughts, as they say, or the practice of peace, you can practice alone. So a companion is not necessary. But practicing the many methods, such as they call Vipulya, or the uh, Pratupana, methods and these two methods basically believe are according or connected with samadhi practice which is uh, based on the vipulya which is actually sometimes they use that word in order to mean like a huge collection of long texts so they're lengthy uh, but actually it means that something that has to be contemplated but it includes a lot of the different mahayana sutras and this particular sutra that they're talking about, the Vaipulya, uh, is both entails both walking and sitting samadhi. So again, it means something that we're focusing on. Um, it requires companionship. 
So again, this particular practice is if one is looking to attain samadhi, must include or be supported by others. And thus the companions encourage the person uh, every day not to fall asleep or be distracted. And they can be refreshed every day, mutually polishing and refining each other's virtues. So this means practicing together. They allow that, and through that, this idea of sangha, they become one mind and intent. Uh, and they, he uses the example of as if they're riding in the same boat. So it's that kind of camaraderie, uh, like uh, friendship, that uh, that happens in such austere and, and difficult tra uh, training. So those kinds of sutras actually are long term. So it's not a short practice. I believe that's what I'm feeling that they're talking about. Because a short practice, you can sit. For instance, you don't necessarily need a friend there to just sit and do meditation for 20 minutes. But actually, you probably do. Um, and a good friend is extremely encouraging because to sit with someone else uh, allows us sometimes to go beyond our ego, etc. Um, and encourages us to, to move forward. Uh, but what it's saying, especially in long practices, difficult practices, concentrated practices, you need that essential person. And this is called fellow practitioners. And the third is the teacher. And of course, this, re, this refers to someone who can be able to um, allow you to, to understand that someone who can expound or teach on wisdom, as they say, prajna, wisdom, and actually signify or demonstrate what the path is and what is not the path. Very simply, this is the path of Buddhism. This is not the path of Buddhism. Butsudo and the way of the world, right? And to use the internal and external means to penetrate all obstructions and hindrances to one's Buddhahood. Use skillful means, of course, to expound the Dharma, signifying and teaching, bringing benefits and joy, and convert people's minds. And this is stating that we need somebody who can actually demonstrate the path for us. Uh, and, and a lot of times I believe that what that means is to, to really, for us to believe or come to faith that it can really exist through seeing other people rather than reading a book and thinking it just may exist, um, I think is demonstrated. And that's one of the great powers of Buddhism is that it's demonstrated through one's humanity, through one's life. And that's where the Buddhism grows, right? And if you are fully in control of various means, then you are able to practice alone. But if you are not well-versed in what obstacles and difficulties will arise, you should not abandon the assistance of a teacher. And essentially, that is what Master Tiantai is teaching in the Makashikan. He's basically telling even teachers what obstacles and difficulties that one will uh, see or experience and how to understand it and to gain insight to go beyond it and to understand it within the path of the practice of Buddhism. And it says, the sutra states, through following a good teacher, you can attain the vision of the Buddhas that number as many as the sands of the river Ganges. Such a person is called a teacher. So as we see, I hope you'll contemplate in your life and see uh, the people around you that if you are practicing Buddhism, um, you must be mindful and know that you can't. First of all, I think this is teaching us we can't do it alone. Um, 
and even I would say well uh, practiced teachers, well practiced uh, practitioners, you know, still need Sangha. So for myself, example, uh, doing these podcasts allow me to learn and study and therefore to better understand by sharing it with other people. That actually helps me quite a bit uh, on my own path. But then in the other way of the skillful means and how to transmit it to people, how to share it with people that they can hear it and see it and perhaps convert their mind uh, to the path of the Buddha and move forward uh, together on the path of the Buddha. And that when we see that we have of these three, an external guardian, a fellow practitioner, and a teacher, actually, they can become one. A lot of times, uh, I feel that uh, with my experience through my teacher, is that definitely, I would say, I have a guardian. That is somebody who I know will always support me and will always protect me. Uh, because I, even though I've studied for a long time, the vulnerability that comes with studying uh, the internal matters, uh, in the internal nature, one's authentic self, is by no means easy. And I believe that, for instance, they use the idea of Mara, the murderer, that if we were to encounter the murderer in our mind, we may be led astray. But then again, if we have that good companion, that good spiritual friend, we have somewhere where we can talk and, and, and sit and practice. And a lot of times that's where we'll gain correct insight that we will, through our own practice, through our own understanding, with the support of others. Because Sangha, just having Sangha, is the third jewel that helps us to, as we seek refuge in the Buddha, to walk towards enlightenment. It really exemplifies and, how do you say, shines uh, a spotlight on the necessity of community. And, and I, don't, I don't believe even myself, because even attaining, even going to Dayaragyo, um, we in Nichiren Buddhism practice with others. And that means we take turns cooking, uh, you know, cleaning, etc. And and that to me was the true way of one's practice, that it wasn't just about one person. It was about all of us, but we all took turns to be all three of those as an external guardian, you know, allowing people to practice and take turns and distribute the responsibilities. Being a fellow practitioner, how many times we in our practice needed that support and then having a teacher and in Buddhism, we're quite aware that anyone at any time can be a great teacher, uh, even those that you may not suspect to be bodhisattvas. Uh, they are indeed great teachers of patience and compassion. So I hope that in your daily life, you will look a little deeper uh, and gain insight into that everything we do causes and conditions. That means who we hang around with, what we decide to do, you know, deeply affects us. I don't think we really think deep enough about that. But as we know, everything around us is uh, affecting us. And science is more and more 
giving us knowledge and, and wisdom on this to be able to see it and, and measure it. And as I said at the beginning, uh, they had stated that even genetically we change according to who we are around or what we are, um, the kind of causes and conditions that we come into contact with. So I hope that you will use this as encouragement. And uh, again, I hope that I can serve and uh, share with you by being a good friend with you on the path. So thank you very much, everyone. Namu myo horengekyo. Until next time.